We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, let's move on to our what our original team topic was going to be. Mm-hmm. So Marcus Freeman on the first day of fall camp, and, and, and I want to pull up the article here, but he made a comment. So like first day of fall camp, Notre Dame is kind of going through the, through the process of, you know, typical first camp stuff. And we talked about it in our show, right? There's just certain things that kind of happen on the first day of fall camp. And we know it, and, and, and it's it's – it's look, guys are going to tap out in first day of fall camp. We've we've mentioned the former All Americans that tapped out the first day of fall camp, and right. and we sort of made excuses for it, not excuses for it, but it's like, guys, this isn't abnormal. This is a normal thing. That was what we said. Marcus Freeman said something completely different, and he said this: the, the first thing he said, he goes, "There's a couple guys that did that couldn't finish practice." We have to get to a position where our guys aren't being pulled from practice, so we have to condition our body. He went on to say, uh, the beautiful thing about it is I've been around different places where you really start slow and then you build up, and then the second and third week is the hardest, longest practices. The thing about it now is we're starting at ground zero. Long practices, tough, hard practices, because we have got to develop fast. We've got to be ready to roll right out of the gate. And he went on to say, it's got to be hard. It's not changing you're not changing what we're doing, and it's gonna be. It's got to be hard. Yeah. We had a couple guys that couldn't finish practice today, and it's their job to make sure they're available for practice. It's the trainer's job to make sure they protect the player. I was literally pumping my fists when he made that comment because what's the biggest com- one of the three biggest complaints I ever made about Brian Kelly during his tenure was I'm sick of the excuses. Marcus Freeman had a legitimate valid opportunity to say, Hey guys, nothing to worry about. This is normal first day of fall camp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he would have been correct, but he didn't. He all, he, not only did he not accept it, he rejected it and said, Hey fellas, it ain't changing. We aren't backing down. I absolutely loved it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, you have to love it. And that's another that's another question where he failed to uh, not wear his emotions on his sleeve with his response with the little exhale of the breath and kind of look. That's the way it is. We're not changing. And I think the fact that the two guys that ended up not being able to finish, I think it sent a message. I think he took the opportunity to send the message to his team and to the media. Like, mm-hmm. this is the new norm. Like, did you not hear me after the Fiesta Bowl when I said, okay, that's done. What was the past is no more. We're moving forward. If you didn't hear it then, let me reiterate it to you now. This is the new norm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you talked to Sean, you talked to Vince, myself, we shared with you. There is not one wasted whether it's drills, getting to the next thing, when the horn goes off, whatever. It's all about fast pace. Run. Go into the next drill. When you get there, take your rep, move to the next position. Uh, Al Washington, who spoke with the media, I was sitting here and I was like, yo, I'm used to seeing Notre Dame do defensive line drills where you make a move, you get around your defender, and you go stay in line or stand in line mm-hmm. or wait for your next rep. He had garbage cans lined up the width of the football field. <laughs> it was like, get in the stands, make your move, go to the next garbage can, get down in your stands, make your move. It's like, no, there is no resting. Mm-hmm. This is We're going to play with energy. We're going to yeah. play fast. We're going to play with a different pace. And this is going to make an impact during the game when you play this way and you have this mentality and you have to be happy with how that impact from that statement on August 5th and how you're seeing it on the practice field. It's like you have to respect it. The players have to respect it and they have to elevate themselves, not just what they do on the field and how they take care of themselves off the field. They have to take that responsibility. I have to make sure I'm ready for tomorrow. I need to go tell the trainer, hey, I have this little thing right here in my leg. I don't know what it is, but I need to make sure that I'm straight for tomorrow. Like, yeah, put the trainers to work. Make them earn their money. Yep. Like everybody under the umbrella needs to play and yep. needs to operate with the urgency because that's what it is. Yes. He's making his team understand there's an urgency to being a championship team. Yes. There's, no, there's an urgency to that. And he's trying to instill that urgency in his team. Yep. Yep. 
So, Sean, I want to you, you you made that comment, but I think it, it can't just be the head coach. It has to be no. instilled top down. And there's mm-hmm. a, there's an article on the front page of of Irish Breakdown today about Jared Patterson. And here's a comment that he made talking about Harry Eastan. And he mm-hmm. said it's like it's like games like speed. The biggest part about with with Coach Eastan's individual periods is the guy on defense has to be going full speed to get the proper look. You want to simulate game-like conditions. You know, guys playing low and working double teams. Usually every play averages around five seconds. So an individual now, we're working five-second combo blocks, drive blocks, things of that nature. We're just kind of building that game conditioning so when it comes comes to game time, you're in that proper condition and ready to go. And then he said more about he's saying, it doesn't matter if it's a one-yard run or a 99-yard touchdown. If something's not right, technique-wise, you're going to know about it. That's what it's all about. That's something that other guys are understanding as we go on, that it's all about fundamentals and technique. And it's just one of those things where that that point right there, what have I always said? The biggest problem that Brian Kelly had, in my opinion, when it came like big picture was one of, I guess this is another one of the three, is he was always so results driven. Well, it's a 99-yard touchdown. It's all good. Harry, he says, I don't give a crap if it's a 99-yard touchdown in practice. Right. You do this again. This is the way it needs to be done. This is the expectation. Yeah. And and I think those are those are the things you look at and say there's such a, a greater level of accountability now. That's the biggest thing about we go back to the toughness. Like there's a mental toughness that needs to be demanded. There's a physical toughness that means it needs to be demanded. You know, how many comments have we heard about Marcus Freeman talking about the O line and the D line and all those type of things? You know, it, it's one of those things where they're trying to change the culture and these are the things that does it, that do it. Right. And it's so welcomed, but there's an accountability to it. That's a fifth year senior captain. That's talking about like, he kind of smiles like, Hey, it's never, it's never good enough with him. Yeah. And that's where you want to be. And I think that's why I think Marcus Freeman likes being around coach. He stands so much is for that exact same reason. You know, and I think that's the, that changing culture that we've talked about, Sean, that they're going to need if this program is going to take that next step. Because you have you and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame was never mentally ready in those big games that they played, for the most part. It was a couple times. But more often than not, they just weren't mentally ready to play and they weren't physical enough in those big games. And I think that's those are the two things that Marcus Freeman is working really hard to try to change. And and he said it right now. He's like, there's no let up. There's no let up. If I let up now, cause it's hard, I'm setting that precedent that ah, if, it's, if it's hard and you guys can't handle it, I will back off. You know, the trainers will decide who can or can't play. If, if you're cleared to play, then you better be flipping out, flipping out here, answering the bell. Right. And that's the key. Look, everything you just said is spot on. The urgency, the urgency that goes down to Harry, he's saying what you're talking about. We joked watching highlights the other day that, man, we actually get to watch. I feel like I need to play, pay an extra 99 cents a week, you know, to NBC because I'm going to be watching an offensive line actually get to the second level this right. season. Like, wait a minute. This That's is exactly upgrade. what you tweeted me yesterday when you watched the practice, the old line video practice. He's like, yo, it is so nice to see an offensive line actually getting to the second level. I feel you like know. I'm getting the premium package at Notre Dame football yes. now. Yes. They got an upgrade. Yes. So, yes. You know, those are things to be excited about. And not yeah. just the urgency, the fast pace, you know, the responsibility and accountability for the players, but the nuance and the attention to detail. And even you talking about how 
there were messages about how guys were taking care of the locker room, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when Marcus Freeman walked in and how things need to be changed with the coaching staff and how often they met and how things were done. Everything's just tightened up, you know, it's like, if you're going to put these shoes on and they're going to have laces, don't have the laces loose. Let's tighten up, tie this thing up and make sure that we're running a ship that is a championship contendership in a championship contender program. And ultimately that's what you're seeing from each and every coach. I was impressed with Harry. He I was impressed with Al Washington and what he talked about. And, you know, when you have a coach that comes before you and he's talking about the fourth or the fifth defensive tackle, you know what I'm saying? In the the rotation. And he's talking about the effort he's getting from him. Then you start to feel like, okay, yeah, like there's something going on. There's a synergy going on in this team where everyone has taken ownership. Like this is not just a top heavy team. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. have guys on both sides of the ball that are dudes that are expected to be stars, but everyone on this roster seems to have taken ownership of winning football games yeah, and what they mean to that. And that starts at the top, just like you said, and with the statement that Marcus Freeman made, it was bigger than just, you know, explaining why, you know, practice ran long and why guys didn't make it through. Right. He was setting a, a clear precedent for the program with that comment and with that response. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's refreshing Right, because football's a tough game, man. It's football's a tough game. Yeah, and and it's a mentally tough game. It's a physically tough game, mm-hmm. and you've got to be ready to handle both at a high level. And because you're going to have adversity, you're not. Georgia had some devastating injuries last year, and you know what? They stepped up and okay overcame them. Yeah. Alabama had some devastating devastating injuries last year, and you know what? They couldn't. And that's why Al, that's why Georgia has a, is raising a championship banner right now and and alabama's not right right well alabama and i've said this many times well if alabama would have had such and such and such and such you know well the answer i'm sure georgia's like well we sure would have loved to have had you know 100 percent you know uh george pickens which they didn't right. have i mean he ended up coming back at the end of the year but he wasn't 100 you know we sure would have loved to have had a healthy eric gilbert we sure still would have sure would have loved to have a healthy you know uh darnell washington I- i'm sure they would have loved to have had all those things you know, uh, but I mean, George Pickens caught five passes last year. He was their dude coming into the season. And that's what good teams do. But what what has Kirby done? I mean, as, as much as I kind of feel like, you know, Kirby's overrated in some areas, the one thing I've never questioned about his football teams, are they physically tough? Tough. And Man. what they've done a better job of in the last year or two is they're gotten mentally tougher. Yeah. They don't fold in those big moments like they did early in yes. his tenure. Yes. And I think that's something we saw last year that the, and I think the big reason that happened last year is because of all the injuries they had early there. Hey, look guys, what are we going to do? We just going to say, Hey, you know what? This isn't our year. Or are we going to step up and, and, and say, Hey, next man up, you know, you got, and not only does that guy, because here's the thing about next man up, right? It's not just about that guy stepping in the lineup, but it's like, Hey man, you know, Lorenzo, now you got to be, you, you, we, we can't wait for you to break out. You got to do this now, my man. Yeah. Hey, Braden. It's now or never, baby. Like, we need you to step up and be that guy. We know you can be that you've been working all offseason to be. Hey, Tobias, you said you wanted to play. Here's your chance. You know, Dion, you want to be that guy? 
No, no more of this stuff, man. It's time to it's time to put the big boy pants on and go out there and show the world what you can do, right? Mm-hmm. JT, you want to show everybody what you can do? Now's your chance, yeah. right? Tyree, this is your time, man. You don't like how people have been critical of you this offseason? I'm not saying he's been that way. I'm just, you know, just kind of going on my little my little tangent here. Hey, man, now's your time to step up and show the world what you're capable of. Absolutely. You know, Tyler, this is what you've been working for. This is your offense now. No excuses, right? Go get her done. And I think that's the thing is that that is it's key. It's it's not just who replaces Avery. Now everybody's got to elevate their game. Yeah, and that's the key, you know, because yeah. it, 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 that's the only way you overcome this. If you don't overcome it that way, then 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 you're just not going to be successful. But that's why it's so important that even before these injuries happened, Marcus Freeman set a standard of no more excuses, folks. None, none. And that's why it's the key because now you're better prepared to handle it today now that you've had this bad news you're prepared to handle it because he's been setting this agenda and here's the thing guys he didn't say that on the august 5th practice and that's the first time that they heard it oh wow coaches are going to give us a, a break he's not going to back off of us they've known this since what day did they report in january yeah right i mean that's why it's so important to set that standard yeah and and that's the refreshing change now Will it manifest itself into wins and losses? We don't know. We don't know. We'll find out. But it definitely wouldn't have manifested into wins if it wasn't being established. Like, this gives you that puncher's chance to say, hey, look, we're still going to be all right. Now you we got to go out and make plays. Look, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. This program has proven over the last five years that it's a 10-win program. This offense has proven no matter who the quarterback is over the last five years, it is a mid-30s per game offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? 34.2, 31.4, uh, which that was a little, it's a little bit, a little bit misleading uh for different reasons. 36.8, 33.4, 35.2. Right. And the 33.4 came in a year where they had no FCS opponents. Right. I mean, excuse me, like they had like one non-power five opponent, like South Florida, who they hung, you know, 52 on, but they would have had another Mac team on their schedule. That was the COVID year. Yeah. Where it was like all ACC teams, Bama, and then South Florida. So yes, you are correct. So Uh, Sean, yes. That's the floor. The program is what it is. Now we wait to see what it can become. Right. The the talent and the program and the locker room and the players, what they've established is like, this is what Notre Dame right. is. It, is it good enough? No, because we won national championships, Correct. right? Correct. Okay. So now we get to see this coaching staff and Marcus Freeman at the helm, how they elevated to get to the next level. It's like, we already know all this gloom. Dude, Notre Dame being, what is the win totals now? Eight and a half or something crazy yeah. like that? Like, what? It. Are you Hammer not paying it. Hammer it. It's like, are Hammer you not it. paying attention to this program? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And people, you know, I saw I saw your epic, epic thank you rant on, rant on Twitter last night. What are you talking about? We don't know who our quarterback is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he brought that violence on himself, Sean. He brought that violence on himself yesterday. It's I'm like, sorry. Look, Notre Dame. We are who we are. You can argue and debate that we're a top five program in college football. If you want to say we're sixth, fine. 
Yeah. But you can't go any lower than that. No. You can't. Let me ask you this, Sean. You, you talked about last year's offense, 35 points a game, Notre Dame went 11 and 2, and all those kind of things, right? Right now, today, of what you know is going to be back in Notre Dame. Yeah. Compared to yesterday or last year with what you knew Notre Dame was. Yeah. Was Notre Dame a more talented team today with all the injuries than they were a year ago at this time? More talented? Yes. On offense. I don't think it's really debatable. I think you're thinking I'm tricking you. I would say, look, you know me. We've said this. I just had to think about it for a second. I would have loved for certain people in that wide receiver room to come back. Because I feel like sure. if certain people had sure. come back in the wide receiver room, I'm like, we're right. talking about a totally now we're sure. talking about a totally different thing. Sure. As far as the offense. But the, the talent the point. Because the it also factors in the into coaching staff too, Sean. Right. Right. And that's my thing is does Notre Dame have less talent today yeah. than they had a year ago? I would say no. Yeah, I think their offensive line is more talented. Yeah, their tight end core is not going to be less talented. Yeah, you know Michael Mayer is going to be a junior, right? The receiving core to me is does not have a Kevin Austin, but let's be honest, Kevin Austin was pretty terrible in yeah. in some big games last year. But you now have Lorenzo Styles as a year older. Braden Lindsay's healthier. You have Tobias yeah. Merriweather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jaden Jay, uh, Thomas is healthy and back. Your running back room is healthier. Audric and, and Logan Diggs are now older. I think that's the position you can maybe argue is was better last year. Although I don't, I would say with Chris Tyree's injuries. And then I think a quarterback, they're more talented, significantly more so. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think you can say that they're, they're less talented. And my point is what we would all agree on is that they are going to be way better coached. And so that's again now, but I'll reel it back. They can't afford to have more happen, really. You know, they can't sustain another big injury. But I think this is this is the whole point. It was never to your point, Sean. It was never about talent. No, they never had the mindset. How many you, you look? You've you've had people. You've interviewed people, Sean, where they've said, you know, we were just never mentally ready for big games. Yes, and I just. From what I know, from the conversations I've had with people around the program, the current head coach was very well aware of that last year and knows it has to be addressed and fixed, and it will be addressed and fixed. Because here's the thing. The offensive linemen aren't going to be tight in big games because they're always getting yelled at. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's not the new for them. But, you know, the head coach has got to be, you know, be that way, the coordinators and all that. And I think that's the big thing is – that's where that mental toughness aspect comes from. And and Marcus Freeman is demanding confidence from his players too. And you talk to people about this. He demands that they believe in themselves. He demands that they have confidence in themselves because that confidence is that final piece, Sean, where you know, I don't give a crap if we're playing in Columbus. Yeah. We're Notre Dame. I don't care if we're going down to Tuscaloosa. We're Notre now, it may not be a matchup that's in their favor. That's not the point. Yeah. Right. That's not to say that Notre Dame has a roster that can go into any stadium and beat them all by 40. Not the point. No. The point is, is that football is a mental game as much as it is physical. And I would argue in some ways more so. Not, And I'm not even talking about just the got to know the system and the plays and the technique. I'm talking about just you, – you look, look, Sean, you know this. You're from Chicago, from Norfolk, Virginia. 
you and I have known some big dudes who did a lot of this. Right. The first time they got punched in the mouth, they got knocked out. <laughs> they, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. Like, got right. all the muscles for no reason whatsoever. Right. And then there's that little dude. It's like, you know, you, I ain't fighting that guy. Well, man, you're bigger than he is. Yeah, but I got to kill him to win because he to ain't going to stop fighting. Right. You know, it's a mindset thing. And it doesn't matter how big and bad you are. It's a mindset. And what Coach Freeman is trying to establish is a mindset of we will fight. You know, we talk about a lot of history on the show, right? And, and uh, you know, Sean, you know this. Like one, one of the things that I love talking about, and I'm going to try to find it here, um, the it is kind of World War II. And there was a, a, a speech that, that the prime minister of, of – uh, Britain, uh, uh, yeah, Great Britain at the time, uh, Winston Churchill gave, and he gave it over the radio. And I'm, I'm going to try to find, uh, I'm going to try to find it here and, and read the con- the quote from it. But you know, he he, I'm going to uh, here we'll say I want to find this part right here where he's talking about basically at the time Europe was based, Britain was basically alone. The rest of Europe had pretty much been defeated or was right. neutral. The United States had vowed that they were going to stay out of the war. Now they were given supplies and trying to help that way, but it was like this little tiny country of England a- against Nazi Germany. Right. Who at the time was perceived as this unbeatable force and Britain never folded and that ended up winning. But he, this is the kind of the thing he said, you know, he, he talks about this. He goes, we shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our Island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world with all its powered might steps forth to rescue and the liberation, to the rescue and the liberation of the old. And it was just one of those things where I don't care how dark this day gets. I don't care who we're playing. I don't care if it's Columbus. I don't care if it's Tuscaloosa. I don't care if it's the Coliseum. I don't care if it's Clemson, South Carolina, Norman, Oklahoma, this bowl game, that bowl game, this Notre Dame team will fight you until we have no fight left. And that's what Marcus Freeman is trying to establish. And he's been doing it since he got hired. And that is the reason more than any other that Sean and I have sat here with great confidence in saying, this is why this team is different. This is why it's not same old, same old Notre Dame. Will it manifest itself in Saturdays? We'll find out. But that right there, that toughness, that fight, that I don't care what happens, we are Notre Dame. That confidence that we are Notre Dame, Sean, is what I believe is ultimately going to be the difference. The recruiting and all that's great and all that, but you can recruit best teams in the country, but if you're not, if you don't have that spirit, Sean, then you're just never going to be there. Yeah, and that's what has me so excited about this team, and that's at the heart of what we believe was behind Marcus Freeman's comments uh, just that day. But it manifests, manifests, manifests itself in so many different ways of how he's running this program. And you have to love it. That's the type of guy I would want yep. to play for. Yep, that's the type of guy I would want to play for, and you understand why everything has come to fruition and what i mean about it's a lot of things that we don't say mm-hmm. on our podcast that hits the cutting room floor per se 
you know, because we actually, you know, respect our relationships and sources and things that are told to us, there was somewhat of an exodus expected mm-hmm. after the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Whether it's via the NFL or whether it was via the transfer portal. There was a total 180 from the feeling that most of us around the program had to what actually happened. And it's because of Marcus Freeman. Right. Guys just flat out, they already love the school. Yeah. They already love their brothers. Some of them already have degrees. Yeah, but like you know, you know how it is. Like you, yeah. you, you love something, you enjoy it, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something else is infused into the situation, and you're like, "Yo, this is even more fun now." Like, I think I'm going. I think I'll stay. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing. And then it parlayed into the spring. It parlayed into, you know, the excitement we saw. We parlayed into how things were changed at the pro day and things were changed, like the interaction with the coaching staff at the pro day. And the staff that was there wasn't the staff that the players had played for. Right. And they already had a relationship with the outgoing guys. Right. And it's like, wow. Then you get to the spring practice and you see how everything's upbeat, but it's, you know, limited access. And then you get to the first practice and it's like, Oh, this is different. Yeah. There's a new energy. There's a new expectation. Everything has been elevated. And you start to realize, okay, we haven't seen what we all want at the end of the rainbow, which is that national championship. But I get a funny feeling this is how it starts. And I'll point this out. The same urgency is the same urgency that Lou Holtz implemented when he got Mm -hmm. to Notre Dame. It's the exact same urgency. Maybe not done with the same methods, but the same feeling. Like, no, things are changing. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it my way. I don't care what, what, what people have been used to. I don't care what anybody reports. Hey, when I walk in, I'm your head coach. Put your feet down. Sit up. Listen. Take notes. Things have changed. It's the same urgency. Uh-huh. Different situations, different methods, same ur- urgency. Guess what? His other mentor, Jim Tressel, did the same thing. Following a football coach that had plenty of talent at Ohio State, but Ohio State could never get to the next level. Jim Tressel came in and did the exact same thing. Marcus Freeman's pedigree coming from Jim Tressel. And his Notre Dame mentor, Lou Holtz, he's implementing the same vibe and same Mm -hmm. feeling. Yep. Just like those two guys did, eventually we hope that Marcus Freeman brings the next national championship to Notre Dame. But you have to feel like, okay, this is what it felt like when Trussell took over. This is what it felt like when Lou Holtz took over. And honestly, I'm not saying it's going to be the same final score. Sure. But the vibe around this Ohio State Notre Dame game has a very similar vibe from the national aspect that that Miami Ohio State national championship game had. Mm-hmm. No one, no Ohio State doesn't have the athletes. They don't have a quarterback. Miami's going to run all over them. Miami has all of these wide receivers. 
Who are they going to use to defend them? Like all of this stuff that was said about that game and how much Miami was better and more talented and faster, and they were just a juggernaut, couldn't be stopped. They were going to win back-to-back national championships. Okay. I hear you. Unfortunately, Miami had to walk on that field and play the game. And like you said, they got punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'll tip my captain, Miami. They responded. After losing Willis McGahee, <laughs> after getting down early, they responded, climbed back in the game. But ultimately, Ohio State won the game. Notre Dame, in my honest opinion, is going to have – Notre Dame is going to compete. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I'm worried about, whether or not they'll show up and compete. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that. They might turn the ball over. And Ohio State might take advantage of that. And that might be an effect on the scoreboard that they might not be able to overcome. But that's football. But it won't be for the sake of not competing. Notre Dame is going to compete. They're going to show up. And now we'll see which side makes the big plays in the big moments. Yep. It's it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Like you can have Ohio State fans jump in the chat say what they want to say, Boomer, whatever his name on Twitter, come and talk about whatever he wants to talk about, which is with a lack of knowledge. At the end of the day, I, I'm i going to say it now, Brian. Hot take. It's going to be an early candidate for game of the year. You got me fired up. I think the game is going to be that good. It's going to be an early candidate for game of the year. And you right. might you might end up with a rematch in the college football playoff. I got something for you right here, Sean. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna be happy, but also mad at me all at the same time because you may just kind of go break something. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, let's get this in here. Cause I gotta I gotta play this. Let me know if you can hear this, Sean. In the football game, we want to keep our boys. Boys, you just have confidence in yourself and what you're doing. We are not going to mouth off, push, or shove ever at Notre Dame. We're going to wait till that ball snap. We're going to put a Riddell on somebody, and we're going to be the most physical football game in the country until the whistle blows. We want to win for one thing. It's the first meeting we ever had. We said we were going to bring respect. No talk about it. Only one way you get respected is by looking somebody in the eye for 60 minutes. Go out there, hitch up your travel and say, hey, baby, here I am now. Let me see you run through me now. Let me see you show some disrespect for me when I'm nose on your nose. Let me see what you think of me now that my face is too. Talk about respect. Talk about respect around the country. The game of who's going to flinch first. Who's going to give up first. We know that it will be Notre Dame. Notre Dame football is nothing more than toughness, togetherness, intensity, intelligence, and competitiveness. All through Notre Dame fight song. The finest fight song in the world. Man, there's nothing like it. It's world famous. The most popular love song. 
You ever listen to the word? Third doctor says, rally you sons of no name. All the fight song talks about is overcoming odds. What though the odds be great or small, Notre Dame will win overall. It talks about about bouncing back from adversity, and that's what Notre Dame is. And it talks about a love and a loyalty to this university. That's what makes it a great song. It's got a great rhythm, but it's a loyalty, the love of Notre Dame. But it's overcoming the odds, and everybody in this country faces odds. Nobody maybe has ever faced a bigger odds than this football team faced on December the 2nd when we met. That's what Notre Dame's about. Love the universe. This got the five different colors. So, yeah. Look. There you go. Let me tell you something. That, look, I try to be responsible as a media member, Brian. Right? And and there's no way, I would never sit with the media during this Ohio State game. I can't. <laughs> no. I can't. That's why you and I have never had a conversation yeah. about you getting credentialed no. for that game. No, no. I don't know. There's no way. Because I'm not going to be respectful either way. I'm just... And I have too much respect for the profession and the, and the guys that do it. So, yeah, I'm going to have to be in the mix. And uh, I'm tired of, man, I'm, I'm just tired of talking, man. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of talking. And that's the blessing of it. For the first time, we actually get to report because you can talk about this. I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie. And I'm going to throw this alley-oop to you. I'm a newbie, Brian. Right. So when I go to practice, Harry, he stand affects me. Yeah. See all the veterans like Vince and everybody else that have been. No, no, dude, trust me. Vince, Vince is the same way. He's first same thing way. he texted me at the first practice was like, <laughs> yo, Harry's in midseason form. Like he loves dude, it. Right? He loves it. Because, you know, we're watching the quarterbacks like, you know, Brian gave us clear instructions. <laughs> clear instructions. Like we knew what the focus of the first practice was. So we had clear instructions. And we're there and we're trying to focus on our first responsibility. But you just can't help but to hear Harry Heastan. Like from across the field. Like you're focused here and all you hear over everyone else. Because it's not like other coaches aren't coaching. That's all you hear is Harry Heastan. And the newbie that I am, I turn from my responsibility and I fixate on Harry Easton. Right. I'm like, oh, man. And I say that to say this and to throw this boot to you. How much better is it or has it been for you to cover a program that is far more honest from coaching, head coach, staff, just far more honest and transparent sure. about what is and not giving excuses. It, you talked about it being a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It has to make guys like you that have been on the beat, Tim Priester, all of those guys that have been around. It has to make you guys. You don't put me in the same breath as Tim and Lou because I'm not. Oh, no. Those, I mean, those guys those are, are like the legends. Legends. Right? Absolutely. Because they – they lived it, Sean. And right. you know, to, to answer your question, here's here's the reality of it. Like you and I grew up in the same Notre Dame era. Yeah. Right. And part of our frustration has been 
it's not that Notre Dame loses. It's the way they lose. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the scoreboard. I'm talking about the fact that Notre Dame went into the Cotton Bowl two years ago and basically said, hey, let's let's make sure we don't get blown out. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that Notre Dame's often not the – Notre Dame has played a lot of games the last three, four years where they are clearly the most talented team on the field. Oh, man. They have not had a lot – as nearly as many games where they were the toughest team on the field or the baddest team on the field or the most confident team on the field. And to me, you know, that's why I wanted to play that video because it, it – you know, when we talk about Marcus Freeman, you're talking about, you know, a a 36-year-old, you know, just completely different generation, tall, former linebacker, athletic, still looks like he can play. And then you've got this little tiny, you know, 5'6", you know, guy with a lisp and thick glasses, and they could not be from different generations, different worlds, different universes, but they have the same heartbeat. Yeah. And that's why Marcus Freeman and Lou Holtz have connected so much since he was hired as a head coach. Because, like you said, he, he, Jim Trestle had a similar heartbeat, mm-hmm. right? And it's about football still a game of toughness, physical and mental toughness. And this is this is the difference, right? It's you just said this exactly. Don't talk about it. This is exactly how Luke Holtz quote 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 goes. Don't talk about it. There's only one way you get respect, and that's by looking someone in the eye for 60 minutes, go out there, hitch up your trousers, and say, hey, baby, here I am now. Let me see you run through me now. Let me see you show some show some disrespect for me now when I'm, no, when I'm nose on your nose. Let me see what you think of me now that my face is to you. We talk about respect. We talk about respect around the country. It's a game of who's going to flinch first, who's going to give up first. We know that isn't going to be Notre Dame. That's what I grew up on. That's what championship teams are. Even yes. today, that's what Alabama is. That, that's what Alabama is. Alabama earns respect because you know you're going to be in a, for a physical fight for 60 minutes. How has Kirby been able to overcome Alabama last year? Because of that right there. They weren't going, that Physically, they were going to fight you. Hey, hey, look, I don't, if, on the beaches, on the whatever, we're going to yeah. fight you wherever we are. Yeah. You know, Lou Holtz's thing that he said before the Miami game, hey, we're going to go out there and play football. If they want to fight, we're going to fight them afterwards in the street. We're going to go play a football game. But then what does he say next? Save Jimmy Johnson's ass for me. Me. Right? And and to me, it's that spirit that was has been missing for a long time. And it's not – this isn't Brian Kelly's fault. This has been since everyone before him since Lou. And honestly, even kind of at the end of Coach Holtz's tenure because of all the, the sickness and the health and all the issues that he was having, his wife was having, and all that kind of stuff. That's what's been missing at Notre Dame. It's talk about respect around the country. Notre Dame's not respected around the country. Why? Because with the exception of certain units on the team, yeah, this is not a team people are afraid to go toe-to-toe with. No, This is not a team that people are afraid to. And that's what made the 2012 team so unique. That was the one team at Notre Dame you could look at and say, hey, they're going to battle for 60 minutes. They may not be the most talented. I mean, they're not even top three in most talented teams that Brian Kelly's had. Not even in top three. You know what? With you saying that, wow. Because they're probably like one of my top three favorite. Sure, but not top three most not talented of Brian three. Kelly's tenure. Yeah. I mean, 2011 yeah. team was more talented Look. than that team, Look. Sean. 2011 and that run from like 2014 to through 2017 yes. was – 2018 was more talented. 2017 was more talented. Yeah. 2011 was more talented. 20 we said 15 already. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not even top three talent wise, but they 
got everything out of what they had and more. Why? Because that was the one team that had that fight. And it was more of a leadership on the team thing. It was mm-hmm. more about Manti and Cap and Zach Martin and Tyler Eifert and those kind of guys than it was about the head coach, the head yeah. coach. And to me, that's what makes this different. I've talked to several Notre Dame players, several Notre Dame players who have said, what you saw was about us. We did that in spite of what we were, you know, and now it's kind of like, it can't just be Harry, Sean. It can't just be Harry. Like, and I, and I loved what you were saying and all, but it can't just be Harry. The thing that makes this different is that Al Washington challenges his unit to, to match the intensity that Harry's unit brings. Right. And, and Tommy Reese is a competitive dude. Yeah. And, and Mike Mickens is a competitive dude. He doesn't mm-hmm. show it, but I trust me. Deep down, it's a two, that's a competitive dude, right? You know how Golden is a competitive dude. Yes. Uh, you know, Dela McCullough is a competitive dude. Like all the all that. But at the top, end of the day, the guy at the top is that kind of guy as well. And that's why we we this all matters because it's one of those things where if you don't instill that toughness, this is we're going to circle back to the beginning as we end, and we be transition to our final segment. It's that right there, Sean. It's you have to instill that we're never going to flinch. We're never going to back down. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to run your mouth all summer? That's cool. How you, let's see if you run your mouth now that I'm face to face with you. Mm-hmm. You know, let me see you run your mouth now that we're we're nose to nose, right? And the fact is, is that's not what teams were afraid of when they or thought about when they played Notre Dame in the past. There were some years with the offensive line was that way. Yeah, but not everybody else. Not everybody else. And that's why that first day that, hey, this is going to be hard and it's going to get harder and we're not backing off. Yeah. Right. Th- that's why that matters, because yeah. it's instilling that mindset. It, and, and it's a mindset about Notre Dame. And I think that's the difference. Marcus Freeman has embraced that this isn't, ju- isn't just about the way to win football games. This is the way that Notre Dame is supposed to win football games. It's not about X's and O's and scheme. You can be a pass team that throws the ball a decent amount and still be a mentally and physically tough football team. Yeah. And if Tommy Reese wanted to be a passive, throw it 68 times a game guy, he ain't bringing Harry Heastand back and hiring Dylan McCullough. I can promise you that. can promise you that. Right. And right. that's what makes you excited about why I just don't buy the whole, oh, we should be worried about this, 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 and this because they don't have this, 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 and this. Yeah. This team is going to be different. The talent's always been there. This team is going to have the mental fortitude, I believe, to take that jump. Will it be this year? I don't know. Will it be next year? It's going to happen. And just the more and more I hear about where this program is and what they do on a day-to-day basis, you can't help but be fired up about it. And that's why, you know, we have a different attitude than we had before because we're finally getting what we've been begging for for years. Yeah. Embrace Embrace what makes Notre Dame special. And then do everything you can to build around what makes it special. Yeah. And that right there is at the heart of it. The what I mean, what's the freaking nickname? Yeah. It's Notre Dame, what? Fighting Irish. And that's what I love. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.